Hello world, I'm Jared Cunningham. This is the Freelance Forum 2021 podcast series. Since this episode was recorded, Dean Van Nguyen has moved his subscription newsletter to ghost.io because of issues with some of the content hosted on Substack. The Freelance Forum has been running for several years, organised by the National Union of Journalists, for those of you who don't know, by the Dublin Freelance Branch, and in recent years is supported by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland Sector Learning and Development Programme. The first poor forum I'd have a record of took place in 2008. This is the program from that. I'm just going to read something, a couple, a couple of things from it because it's quite striking. Session one is Marissa Markle on Marissa Mackle, sorry, on writing a novel. Section two, Sheila Wayman and Lizzie Gore Grimes on pitching and commissioning newspaper uh, for newspapers and magazines. Sue Leonard on the business of being a freelance. Andrea Martin, who's a lawyer, on the importance of copyright. That was the first program. The remarkable thing about that that uh, I just got struck by is all the speakers are women. And as far as I know, that's the first and last time that that happened. As I said, that was in 2008. That's the oldest one I have a record for. I don't know if there were any before that. The first one I did was in 2010. I just thought that was interesting. I came across that today. The forum was originally once a year, then became twice a year. Last year, because of COVID, it went online as a series of podcasts, although I had been uploading some of the, of the forum episodes afterwards as podcast but not really organized before then this is our first ever webinar so if things are a bit chaotic or random at times my apologies for that i'm still learning how exactly to use the software this session is being recorded and i would hope that an edited version may go online at some point in the future but uh, if you uh, during the question and answer session if you want to say something but you'd prefer it wasn't broadcast to the wider world Drop me a line afterwards. My email is tribunalreporter at gmail.com. And three guests with me today. Uh, Taryn Devere is the most colourful person I know, a maker of jewellery and wearable art, a joy bringer, a parenting coach, performance artist, and a founder of Queer Magazine, which she's going to be talking about. I've also got here uh, Martin McMahon, who is an author, activist, whistleblower, uh, one half of the Tortoise Shack and uh, the Echo Chamber podcast. And uh, Dean Van, Dean Van Nguyen, have I said that right? Close enough. <laughs> How is it said? I'd like to try and get it right. Uh, Van Nguyen. Van Nguyen. Okay, Dean Van Nguyen, uh, writer at Lactose and Lecithin, freelance journalist, freelance music journalist, and critic. He's been published in the Sunday Times, Irish Times, and Guardian, among others. He's the author of Iron Age, uh, The Art of Ghostface Killer, and is currently working on a follow-up book. Uh, who wants to go first? I'm going to pick Martin because nobody said no anything. No problem, Jared. I will, I will go first. Um, first, I suppose, if we explain the model that we're trying to use, we do podcasts. We also have the facility to do blogs. Um, we have the listenership a fairly reasonable sized radio station, which is a nice listenership to have, but it's how do you monetize it? How do you make it pay? And how do you make it work? Um, we use the Patreon model, but the Patreon model is very, very limited on what it can do. Um, it has limited functions and limited options. And um, we would like to see things like a, a gift card so that you can actually buy a membership for somebody else. We think that would be key to, to spreading, particularly for ourselves who are not a, a, we don't have ties with mainstream. We're not a podcast that's attached to a newspaper or attached to a, a, 
radio program. So it's very difficult to break through. Um, with Patreon, uh, we'd like to see more options, a, a kind of a, a pay for item option, which doesn't exist at the moment. It just lacks all kinds of flexibility. Um, and there's a vulnerability with it as well, in that it's it's monthly trans, uh, subscriptions, which wax and wane, depending on how the economy is going. It's always a struggle to keep the, the platform going. I mean, it's a struggle from pod to pod to keep it going. And a lot of that work falls on Tony. We've looked at other options for funding. We've looked at subscriptions. Uh, we could have a paywall a hard paywall, a soft paywall. You know, some of the stuff is going to have to get out so that, that you can bring people in. Now, that's a disadvantage for smaller podcasts because the bigger platforms can advertise in the newspapers. They can advertise their podcasts. But how do we advertise beyond Twitter? And Twitter is our main our mainstay for advertising. We don't use Facebook as a matter of principle. We just don't use Facebook. And it is a matter of principle that we don't use it. Um, we've looked at other things like um, there are companies who will insert dynamic ads, but if you're doing a particularly sensitive podcast with sexual trauma or whatever it is, you don't want ads coming in at inappropriate times. If you're talking about homelessness, you don't want ads for banks on a podcast for homelessness. And it's all about maintaining integrity. And we work very, very hard to do that. Um, we'd like to see something that's a pay-as-you-go. So if somebody sees a particular podcast or a particular series of podcasts that they just like to take those, that they could pay separately for those. But nothing exists in the market at the moment to do that. We've also looked towards advertising directly. And this is kind of where we think it belongs, is that you have sponsorship and they can top and tail your podcast with advertising. They don't do dynamic advert insert because we don't want that. We certainly don't want it. Um, the problem with that is ethical advertising. Um, we, we have a standard that we hold ourselves to, and we've had a huge lesson on that over the last couple of days. It is a standard we hold ourselves to, and we'd like to maintain that. So we don't really want advertising from non-ethical companies. We don't want to be, you know, we don't want petroleum companies advertising on a podcast because we would often have a go at them. So ethical, we see as the way forward. We would like to think that in the near future, there will be an ethical standard for people who are willing to pay for advertising in that companies who meet a certain ethical standard would be quite happy to have them as advertisers on our platform. But as it exists at the moment, that doesn't exist. So it's graft, it's grift. We have to keep banging the drum and saying to people, please come listen to our podcasts. We're limited by Twitter. And that sounds strange, but we are limited by Twitter because that's our, our, where we advertise our podcasts. And then it's word of mouth after that. We do think that there are options out there. We do think that there are ways that, to make this work. We're also wary of falling under anything that comes under the Broadcasting Association because that makes us subject to their rules. And we'd be subject to things like balance. And we don't do balance. We certainly don't do balance. If I'm talking to somebody about a subject i don't feel the need to have somebody else come in and dispute that with them they can have a separate podcast on their own of course 
But the idea of balance and the way balance has gone, that leaves us out of BAI. We want nothing to do with it, absolutely nothing to do with it. We don't believe in that balance model. We believe that some subjects deserve um, more than uh, two sides nipping at each other. They deserve a full and clear hearing. And that's what we work towards. So that's really us on making media pay. At the moment, it's, I think it's kind of in its infancy. We really haven't seen the possibilities of podcasts. And, and even I think TV as a, a podcast format is coming too. And I think the old model of, of TV is on its way out. The RTE model is on its way out. And we see that with, um, with you know, the pay-as-you-go platforms that exist, such as, as Netflix. But we think that can be spread into um, a podcast platform where you can also produce film documentaries, where you can produce documentaries that are good enough for radio. Um, and we think that's the way forward. And we think it's in its infancy and it will develop because the demand exists. That's really all I have to say on it, Jared. Just if anyone uh, has any questions that they'd like to Martin or to anyone else, if you look at the bottom of your screen, you'll see a Q&A box. You can uh, type them there and uh, I can pass them on to the panelists uh, once we've uh, finished. Uh, for those of you joining us late, Martin McMahon has been talking about uh, the Tortoise Shack, uh, which produces the Echo Chamber, among other podcasts. And they're funded uh, mainly by Patreon, which he was talking about, but we'll also talk about some other possibilities as well later. Taryn or Dean, which one of you would like to go next? Taryn. Okay. So uh, I am co-founder of Queer Media, uh, which is a, it started out as a, a weekly online publication. And uh, what we, we kind of, got feedback on was that it was kind of almost too much and people were feeling a bit overwhelmed and so we actually we've changed our model and turned it into a monthly magazine and added um, a podcast just last week as well uh, to sort of accompany the content that we put out and to interview the um, contributors because we we sort of felt that the some of the topics that we cover deserved a bit more depth and even though the bulk of what we do is actually long reads um you know sometimes it's great to have those conversations and move them out and we also felt that adding a podcast to our platform and it's a free podcast that that would kind of bring new people to our platform um so we are we are quite new we only launched at the very end of last year and and actually we didn't even really we haven't even properly launched yet um, we have actually put off our proper launch several times, and that is mostly due to uh, health and personal issues between myself and Dean. Um, the reason that we kind of started the, the whole thing was because after seeing how the Irish media responded to Black Lives Matter, um, not, not that we're being critical about that. I mean, I think generally they responded quite well, but it was more the fact that suddenly it was like all about black voices and you know diverse voices in the media and it was that thing which i know i've been told to do by editors before as well it's like find a black person to write about racism and we were like you know ireland is an increasingly multicultural and diverse country and both nadine and i are both not irish and people who've made um, ireland our home and we felt that um, 
you know, the people in Ireland who weren't born here have a lot to say on things that aren't just about racism or, you know, we wanted to um, be able to provide a space for, for those people to be able to talk about different things, their area of expertise, what they're passionate about. Uh, and so we, we really kind of created queer media to, to embody that ethos of, um, you know, not just asking people to come on and share their pain or talk about their oppression, but actually to celebrate the, the diversity in Ireland. And our goal all along was that we weren't really going to necessarily be um, focusing particularly on Ireland as, as a subscriber base. So our goal, our long-term goal, is actually to um, move into different countries. We want to be really targeting the diaspora because queer is about telling new stories about Ireland and we're about, um, you know, bringing Ireland to the world and bringing the world to Ireland. So we also want to link in with people in different countries around the world who have some connection to Ireland and bring those people into queer. Because we, the island that we know is like really dynamic and really progressive and really interesting and getting much more, much, yeah, like much more exciting really. And, you know, there's loads of fun, interesting things happening, but you're not really reading about them in the Irish Times because the Irish Times doesn't want to do a story about the history of peep shows or, in, in, you know, around the world or whatever, just the sort of the history of sodomy, you know, like the mad stuff that's interesting and like, okay, tell us about Irish, uh, what the randy sex Irish people were having before the church came. Like, where can I read this? <laughs> you know, so... Um, we wanted to, and, I, and in many ways, because I'm sort of the, the, the editor really, in many ways, Queer is all about what I find interesting and, uh, you know, the things in Ireland and the people in Ireland that I think, oh, wow, that person's got an expertise in this area. That's so interesting. I'm not seeing that anywhere else. So we felt that there was this gap in the market um, and that we, we wanted to be able to kind of share this, these ideas about Ireland with the world because we both know how the world sees Ireland having lived in other countries. And it is still very kind of parochial and sort of diddly-eye, very conservative Catholic. And that's just completely not what, what Ireland is like anymore. And um, so that was our whole kind of vibe behind it. And we, uh, at the moment, we run a subscription model, which is 50 euros for a year. Uh, or a fiver a month, or if you are unwaged or a student, uh, it's three euros a month. We we don't ask people to prove that they're unwaged or a student. We just assume that people are going to be sound. Um, but what we're going to be doing is uh, we're going to be kind of rejigging some of those um, that that model. What I found really interesting was how many people actually signed up for the month uh, for the yearly. Uh, we have about, it's about a third of people uh, that subscribe to us signed up for a yearly subscription. Uh, like Martin, a lot of our subscribers and readers come through Twitter, like the vast majority, about 90% come through Twitter. Um, and we sort of have a few that come through Instagram. We, we really, really hate Facebook, but we kind of opened a Facebook because we were like, we sort of have to have one because unfortunately we're trying to reach the diaspora and a lot of those people are connecting with Ireland through Facebook. But 
we're not very good at keeping Facebook very updated because we both have a bit of a hatred for Facebook. Um, so what we're going to be doing in the coming, in this coming year is we're going to look at um, changing our model or expanding our model actually of, of funding. Uh, we'll still have the subscription model that we already have, but what we want to do is um, allow people to be able to just pay to read one article. That is a thing that I personally would love. Many times I see something in like the business post or whatever, and I think I'll pay you two quid so I can read that. Like I'm not going to get in my car and drive to the shop uh, to buy your paper, but I would happily pay you two bucks right now just so I can read that article. So um, we're doing a big kind of redesign on our website. Uh, that would be one thing that we sort of didn't probably do brilliantly at the start was um, because I don't think either of us had enough technical know-how and we've realised that there's a few different problems um, with our site, so we're getting that redeveloped right now. And when that happens, we'll be introducing a few different options for people that give them different entry points to be able to engage with our content. So at the moment, what we would have is um, you can read one free article a month uh, and then it, you'll get prompted and it'll say, you know, you need to subscribe. And uh, But what we want to do is change that. We want to put out more free content from previous uh, editions so that people can access some of the little bits and pieces that we have done in the past. And then we want to um, offer people different ways that they can engage with our content uh, that could be, you know, paying per article or pay uh, five or for three articles and you get whichever three you want or whatever. So we're looking at different kind of ways of doing that at the moment. Uh, obviously control is a, a key factor. And when you start bringing in advertisers, it's like Martin said, you know, you're, you're sort of entering into a bit of a, a dodgy area and we don't really either have the subscriber base at the moment to be particularly attractive to um, advertisers. So we're not even really necessarily in that place just yet. But both of us were, are interested in the idea of having sponsors who would sponsor a piece of content to be free for everybody to read. So essentially we would say to a sponsor, we're doing this piece on like, uh, you know, this really fashionable farmer in Leitrim or something. And uh, would you be interested in sponsoring this piece? And everybody who reads it will get a message that says, you're getting this piece for free because this company has paid for you to be able to see this for free. Um, so that's the kind of direction that we're, we're, we're thinking of and that we're planning, uh, for the next kind of year. Um, and again, you, you know, you do have those sort of difficulties with making sure that your values align. And, um, that's one key thing for us is making sure that whatever companies that we will work with in the future, that we, it's the type of content we would produce anyway. So we're not being asked to produce something that is not in line with our values and, and that that company isn't uh, unaligned with our values as well. So yeah, that's probably me, I think. Okay. Thanks, Taryn. Uh, last but not least, Dean, you're, you've been experimenting with Substack, which is basically a paid for mailing lists or is that oversimplifying? Yeah. Uh, essentially, uh it's a, it's a newsletter service. Um, so I've only I've only been on it since December. So I, I 
I joined the, um, I had a, a kind of half dormant music blog um, on Kinja and um, generally usually in December as I post a kind of list of my favorite Irish rap songs of the year. So I needed a new, because they killed all the personal Kinja blogs, the company who ran the blog. Um, uh, so this is kind of the same company that, that kind of gutted Deadspin and has done a lot of unfortunate things. But uh, I think it was kind of a, it was turned out to be a bit of a blessing because I started this, I started the, the Substack as it was kind of like the hot new thing and I needed some sort of self-publishing platform. But um, I found it's quite, there's a lot of things you can do with it, uh, particularly because like the, the, the paid form model now. Um, uh, it's funny because it's, it's like I've gone through all the platforms really over the years, like had a blog spot and, and, and Tumblr and, and it's, it's interesting now that doing this and having people sign up to receive it as an email, how strong email has stayed, you know, probably the first thing people did when they had, when they got the internet, you know, a couple of decades ago now, we started an email account. It's, it's still how people seem to do a lot of their reading is through, um, it's through newsletters and, and email updates. So it's been great uh, in that respect because you, when, you, when you post something on it, you immediately know you're going to have an audience compared to when I first started blogging and pre-social media when you were, you were putting this stuff out and uh, you had no idea if anyone was actually going to click, click or how they'd find it. It you know, seemed very unlikely they'd find it through Google or anything like that. So, so that's, been, that's been a real... I suppose, kind of in terms of some, my own self-publishing, a bit of a, a game changer. Um, knowing that it's immediately going out to people who signed up for it. Uh, in terms of um, the paid-for aspect, uh, at the moment I'm still kind of trying. I'm really trying to grow it at the minute. So I have I most of the stuff I've put out is has been free. It's kind of like Mark was saying earlier. You kind of caught between needing to to produce free work to attract people um, while also wanting to make paid for desirable and servicing your paid for subscribers. So uh, at the moment, I'm trying to find a balance between that. Yeah, I, I, th I think at the moment, my, my paid for subscribers uh, are aware that, at the, that a lot of what that the, that their, their payment is, is um, kind of support for me and, and, and uh, a bit of a tip jar really at the moment uh, until I can hopefully grow this thing beyond what it is at the minute. Um, because, like, which is which is brilliant. So, um, because I'd like to get it to a point where uh, I, I can do it a lot more than I am at the moment because I mean, my, my day job is, is freelancing. So um, generally when I get up and I look at my to-do pile, it's I've got deadlines and my sub stack is kind of at the bottom of the pile. Uh, so if I could kind of grow it it monetarily, then I feel like I could invest more in it. Like I'd love to get to a stage where I'm doing something like, say, a a music and culture post every Friday and a maybe politics and social style post on a Tuesday or something like that if I had the time. Um, so I just yeah more more broadly, but Substack it's 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 it has kind of grown very quickly. Like you see people now who who have like far bigger profile who can quit their their pay for writing jobs or their jobs on on legacy publications and say i'm starting sub stack on on day one they have enough paid subscribers to sustain them um 
it's kind of interesting. It's also kind of attracted a lot of nefarious people, I would say, as well. Um, and because there's a lot of high profile and like a lot of them are very impressive journalists who are on it and using it, um, and because the, the platform's quite professionally laid out, uh, it's it's there's been, I think, some problems now in terms of what's being published is, is, is uh, factually incorrect and we'll say it's got that kind of veneer of respectability. So there's been some clashes uh, and because it is a growing platform, I think that's something that's going to be probably something you're going to see uh, a bit a bit more often. Um, and to pick up on one thing, actually, Martin was talking about about uh, the kind of the and 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 Taryn as well when you mentioned the 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 ability to pay for individual articles, it it, it does it doesn't have a whole lot of of options like that. It does have the gift option you were talking about, which I think is I think is actually something that's going to be bigger in a lot of terms going forward um i know like for me like last christmas it was actually the first christmas i really started thinking about gifts in terms of subscriptions for people um and i think it's like it's something that can it's going to probably start overtaking you think of some of the really traditional go-to gifts like the box sets and all that are are kind of becoming obsolete um and it's kind of very personalized gift if, if you offer like a uh, like a podcast series or a, a very specific w- w- website or Substack, and say, I think you'll like this. Um, so the fact that they just have the gift gift option, which is good, um, it, it doesn't have an individual article option. I, I saw something a bit torn about that as well because personally, I know when you, for me, like I to sign up for something, the commitment uh, is probably where the money is for the recipient um, in terms of it's going to be monthly. At the same time, and I know that makes people less likely to 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 do it. So that's kind of the trade-off. Where if you have a kind of a pay, a, a a one-time maybe tipping jar option or a one-time article paid option, you're not going to potentially attract that person to sign up for a long-term subscription, which is where what you kind of maybe might want them to do. But it would still be nice, I think, if it had if it had that that um, that option and that capacity to do. So. Um, yeah, um, I think that um, oh, also, I don't know how, how much it is kind of for you guys with, with extra Patreon does, but at the minute through Substack, obviously Substack takes a cut of their money. Uh, Stripe, which is the platform that does the payment, takes a cut of their money. So, you know, you, you, by the time it gets to you, it, it kind of filters down a couple of times and it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a decent chunk to take out of it. Um, but yeah, like I suppose at the minute I'm I'm just relatively new to it, and but I'm I'm I've I've, I've been pr- impressed enough in, in in the versatility of it and and how what you can do with it in comparison to the previous the previous um, platforms that I was on. Okay, all right, thanks, Dean. Uh, I'm just looking at a couple of questions. Uh, just the f- first question I have from Joe Armstrong, I can answer myself. What's the name of the platform that? Dean uses. That's Substack, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K. As I say, it's a sort of combination paid email newsletter uh, platform. Uh, I think what Dean was saying actually there about uh, some dubious sites and uh, factually questionable uh, newsletters going out is also a problem. Uh, I think that's a problem with using any platform because platforms really do not want to be publishers. They do not want to take responsibility for their editorial content. Uh, 
which possibly is an argument of, in favour of the models that uh, Tarn and Martin are using, where they host their own content and they have editorial control of everything. Uh, like as Martin would say, he can control what advertisers do or don't appear on his podcast and so on. Um, that's going to bring me to actually the uh, second question I have here from Joe Armstrong, and it's for you, Martin. Uh, I'm not sure if it's something you've looked at because of the way you're setting up, but how many downloads do you think you would need on a podcast before a uh, sponsor would be interested? It, it's an interesting question. It's a really interesting question, Jared. And very few podcasters in Ireland get sponsorship. Eamon Dunphy famously has a, a sponsorship deal. I see that changing. Um We've seen with the, particularly with COVID sponsors or advertising for newspapers has shifted online or it's increased that shift to online advertising. It was already going that way. Um, in Ireland, we listen to podcasts twice as much or twice, twice, twice as much per capita as they do in the UK. And the average podcast gets like 60 downloads before it stops. Uh, being a podcast, an awful lot of podcasts start and kind of peter out very quickly. How do you get sponsorship? At the moment, it's down to name recognition. Like Eamon Dunphy has name recognition. Second captains have name recognition. So so there's, it's down to name recognition. And how do you get that recognition? Well, that recognition only comes from graft, working really hard to to make yourself a platform that people recognize We've spent nearly four years making the Tortoise Shack uh, a platform that people recognize. And when it comes to sponsorship, we, we've talked and discussed this quite a lot. We would quite like sponsorship. As for the number of downloads you need, it's not really down to the number of downloads you need. It's it's down to your reach. It's also down to advertisers haven't yet cottoned on and sponsors haven't yet cottoned on that, that podcasts in Ireland are... A, quite a substantial market and growing and growing and that's the big thing it's it's growing to me i think it's it's um compared to putting an ad in a newspaper wouldn't it be much better to to sponsor a podcast for two three months you get more leverage for the money you're putting in you get more like at the amount of podcasts we're putting out 12 14 podcasts a week that's an awful lot of of uh, your stuff being listened to, and that's an awful lot of your sponsorship and your advertising getting spread around people. I think the model will change, and it's not down to downloads. It's down to hard work and making sure that your your platform is recognized. A question for everyone, actually, as well now, Dex. Um, would you consider setting up a, a YouTube channel? Tarn, that would seem ideal for you with the fashion and very visual content an awful lot of your stuff uh well what well, our plan is to film our podcasts um is is the plan is to also put them out as a video um we haven't actually really thought about setting up a youtube but we are we're very aware that nadine and i together because she is also a very colorful person are kind of a bit of a winning combo and whenever uh we we do stuff together it does really well like when we put things out um and like nadine has a big platform on instagram and a big following on instagram and lots of people would know her from like virgin and expose and what have you whereas i would have a, a better following on twitter um 
because I'm very, you know, lazy about Instagram <laughs> and I just use it as like a, a kind of a gallery for my, my pictures each day. But uh, Nadine's just moved to Donegal. She moved up here a couple of weeks ago. And what we're basically doing is every single time we see each other, which is a couple of times a week, we are doing like some either a photo shoot or a video or something together because we're really aware that people just people like give us the nicest feedback and say that they just love seeing the two of us together. So visually, we work together as a kind of sales tool um, for queer, although a lot of the content that we do together, it isn't necessarily trying to push queer. It's just it's just fun. But then that will inevitably kind of drive people towards queer as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's something that we should probably think about. I'll just write that down. <laughs> about the idea of maybe doing something on YouTube. Um, but we'll. I think we'll see how our filmed podcasts go uh, and kind of see how that works for us. But we were kind of thinking of filming the podcast because then you can, you can pull out those kind of bits and put them up online where the, there's a great week quote or whatever and you can get the visual aspect of this being said, which because video works so well on social media so that was our kind of thinking behind that um but yeah maybe we need to sort of look at doing something on youtube as well dean have you any thoughts on that uh yeah um no not really i haven't uh, i think i've always resisted diversifying too much i think i do one thing well which is writing i don't think i'm much good at anything else <laughs> uh, so i've you know never never really made you considered doing podcasts or radio shows or anything like that either. Um, I think that is actually one of the reasons why I quite like um, Substack as well. Uh, it's a bit like Medium where the, it's just, it's very cleanly designed and, and the only really design options you have on it are what color you're gonna set it and what picture you want as the head, as the banner picture, um, because I'm not very good at design or visually or anything like that. So, so I just like a nice clean layout where you can read the words easily. I actually have a question for the guys if if, uh, if there wasn't another one pending. So yeah, by all means, just before you do, anyone else with any questions? Uh, there's a uh, hand up, I could raise hand icon. You can click on that, or uh, you can type it in Q and A boxes. Uh, I think I can get change your settings so that you're able to talk and I can see you as well if you want to ask your question in person. So anyone else listening who wants to hop in, do that. Sorry, go ahead, dude. Yeah, just in, ter in terms of, like your own subscribers. Do you think it would be useful to have a, a option where you could set your subscription for a time limit? I, I found that on Substack, you can actually do that when you gift uh, a subscription, but you, you can't do it when you sign up yourself. Um, like I know, like myself, I try to subscribe to as many things as I can independently, you know, but um, I want to spread myself as, as much around in that regard as I can to help people out. So, but I, so I think when you make that commitment to, to subscribing to something, I'm a little bit worried that I will either completely forget to unsubscribe or um, it'll end up running longer or I won't be able to unsubscribe or something like that. So if you had the option of saying, if it was, you know, the Patreon or something and say, I'll try this for three months. And after three months, they'll give, they'll tell me either you click this button to continue or will automatically unsubscribe for you. Would that be useful for you guys or do you, or do you want people to kind of jump in and, and not be able to get out as easily as, as they possibly can? Um, I wouldn't be reminding people that they can opt out. 
<laughs> you know, that that goes against your business model. You don't really want to come to somebody after three months and say, do you like us? If you don't like us, go. Now, if they don't like you, they, they can unsubscribe. It's easy to unsubscribe. But I wouldn't be giving them a prompt to unsubscribe. I think that's bad business. And just on, on if I may, on YouTube, um, no, the algorithm is evil. If they clean up YouTube, I'd be quite happy to use it. But at the moment, no, the algorithm's evil and I'm not going to use it. It's that simple. I'm not going to be a, a link to somebody else's Fash for Cash uh, rant. No, I'm not going to be. Yeah, that, that's actually, we, we tend to use Vimeo for our videos at the moment. So for that reason too, we kind of, we're not into into YouTube as well. So it would be a, have to be a different type of video platform probably for us as well. Um, I think, Dean, like that's sort of what, what I was talking about around our idea that we're going to be um, offering people lots of different options of ways that they can support queer uh so i i think that it we might not it might not be like oh would you like to take a three-month subscription out but it might be like would you like to pay for 10 articles of your choice or something you know what i mean um because that because our idea with queer was we want to put out content that is a, a conversation starter piece that when you put it out on social media that uh, people will be kind of, there'll be a bit of a kind of buzz around it. And, um, you know, some of our pieces have attracted like a huge buzz around them. And uh, there's been lots of people messaging us. And we've had like, our inbox was full with one of the articles of people saying, I accidentally pressed on something and that thought it was my one article, but I really wanted to read this other article, you know? And so they're like, they want, they wanted the free one and they wanted it to be this one article that, that did really well. Um, and they were kind of contacting us to say, is there any way I could read this article? You know, now if we had have had that option that they could have just paid to read one article at that point, then we, we could have made a couple of hundred bucks that day. You know, but as it was, we were like, we, we ended up just going, oh, here's here's a password that'll do you for today, you know, just to let people read this article because everybody wanted to read it. And uh, I mean, that's the goal for every week. The idea is that people would see enough of those articles over a, a period of time that they would then think, I'm always seeing stuff from these people that I want to read or that I'm interested in. And so I'll, I'll subscribe. But we also realize that with the sort of, landscape being as it is and with people's jobs being very precarious and income being precarious that we need to find different ways for people to be able to engage with our content and we need to offer a range of options to people so uh that that's our our sort of plan for whenever we um redevelop the website uh, of course with the sunday business post i don't know if they still have it they used to for a while have an option where you get a 24-hour subscription um, they didn't limit how many articles you could read in that period, but it was 24 hours and then that was it, it cut off. Um, I suppose they have an awful lot more articles uh, built up in their archives, so they're not worried about everyone scanning their entire content in that faster time than you are. Maybe eventually that's something you could look at. The one thing I'd say on this topic is um, I think you have to make not so much telling people your three months are up, do you want to continue, but make it easy for people to unsubscribe. Uh, Netflix, I think, is, is literally one, one, one button and you're, and you're unsubscribed to them. 
But the advantage of that is it's really easy and painless. So in a month's time, if they bring out a new movie you like, you can go in and you can resubscribe, and it's really easy again. There are some, it seems to always be traditional newspapers, newspapers that are old print titles. And I'm not going to name many names because it's all of them. Where they've set up something where you subscribe and it takes whatever, five, ten minutes, and you give your credit card information, your personal information. And then if you try to unsubscribe, you have to go through 14 levels, and then you find out that you actually have to phone up someone and then hang on a phone for an, on an answering machine for 20 minutes. It's really, really hard for you to leave because they don't want to lose your subscription. But I think that backfires because what happens is eventually it's you eventually will crawl your way out of the hotel California and you will never go back. Whereas if I remember, Oh, it was really easy to leave that place. I'll go back because I know I can get out again. Anytime I want, I'm not locked into a 24 hour month contract, like with a telephone or something. So I think Making things painless, whether it's subscribing or unsubscribing, is what what you need to be working at. If people don't like you, there's not really much you can do with that. You have to just serve the people who do like you and hopefully spread the word and attract more people. That's my two cents worth. And I think it hurts us all as well, because if you've had a nightmare experience trying to get out of your, your newspaper subscription, you're less likely to put your details in to sign up to a Patreon, even if it's one click of a button and you're and you're out of that so let's say it's 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 kind of counterproductive and, and hurts everyone another question i i think i know the answer to that but how often do you need to provide new material tarn your site updates weekly martin you're producing sometimes more than once daily oh yeah it's feeding the content monster and we do call it the content monster and you must feed the content monster that's that's the downside of of doing any kind of podcast or any kind of platform or blog if you don't keep it going people drop off so yeah you have to feed it every day every day twice a day just actually sorry now that you mentioned that um you're very much a current affairs podcast. Um, something that's something that's something that's two weeks old is not going to get listened to again. Whereas there are still people out there downloading serial for the first time, and it's four years old because it's a self-contained series. Have you thought about or looked into doing things like that, doing a an in-depth like a, a six-part series on some topic or something? Yeah, well, and we have with um, Policed with Vic, uh, Dr. Vicky Conway. That's exactly what Policed is. It's um, it's a series and it, seasons, series and seasons. So, and it is exactly that. And I, I think that is kind of a difference. It's not really a podcast. It is more radio produced for podcast. And I think that that's a big uh, gap that we're going to exploit. Of course, we're going to exploit it. We see it. We're going to exploit it. And we have many uh, plans on that coming up. Podcasts, you know, people think scratchy records. No, podcasts can be really professional, really polished and really done um, to a level that you would expect off Netflix. They can be done to an excellent level. And I think Vicky Conway's podcast, Policed, is exactly that. And I think that's exactly what is a very, very polished series that feels like radio, sounds like radio documentary, but it's podcast. Can I say something on that, Jared? Um, yes. We kind of, when we, when we started, we deliberately set out to try and create non-time-sensitive content 
Um, and the main reason for that at the start was because we uh, we were new and we didn't have much content and we knew we were going to have to keep sharing the same stuff, old stuff, over and over for a while. <laughs> and, you know, we were, we were only putting out, say, four long reads and a playlist and a recipe and what have you. Um, so that was why we did that at the start. But then we have, we've generally speaking, continued with that. I mean, we did do sort of Christmassy stuff at Christmas, but uh, for the most part, our focus is really on non-time sensitive, non-reactionary, and also because other places are covering that already, and we're not a news organization, and other people are are doing that. So we we want to fill a gap, not try and break into a market where other people are already successfully doing things. So um, that that was a very kind of strategic decision on our part to make sure that our content was. Uh, was going to still be relevant in a year's time and that we could constantly use it. And how that works for us with the content as king thing is that we now actually have a really good back catalogue of stuff from our last few months and we can keep posting things and people, you know, might not have seen that when we posted it the first time around. How many of you are using coffee? No, not here, Jared. I use coffee personally. As for me, but not for um, not for queer. Ko fi for those who are wondering is basically it allows you allows uh, your audience to sort of leave you a tip, a one off contribution. It's basically buy me a coffee, um, and I think that's that's we're at uh, coming up to almost the top of the hour, and I'd only planned to go for forty five minutes. So <laughs> thanks for being so interested in keeping this going. Uh, the objective here today was to show people that in addition to the traditional outlets that we have as journalists, that is um, selling to newspapers or working as contributors in radio and in production and so forth, that th there are other options and there are ways to generate your own brand, your own name, setting up in your own. Uh, there are always new options coming along in, in that thing, so it's worth keeping an eye on. So thank you all for listening. Uh, the Spring Forum uh, series is going to be going on now for the next few weeks. The idea is that we will alternate on different weeks. Uh, next Monday, there will be a new podcast put up. You can find Freelance Forum on iTunes, Pocket Cast, or all good apps. Uh, so you can subscribe to us there. Um, the next webinar will be in two weeks' time. The uh, other two webinars of the spring series are going to be more in the format of tutorials. Uh, so there will be a, an interactive question and answer. I can activate you guys so that you'll be able to ask questions uh, by voice and so on. And hopefully that will work out as well. Uh, I'm rambling on a little bit. <laughs> So I'm going to thank Martin, I'm going to thank Taryn, I'm going to thank Dean, and I'm going to thank you all very much for coming along, and I hope to talk to you the next time. Take care and stay safe. Thanks, Jared. Thanks. Thanks, folks. See you later.